Hi, and welcome to another podcast brought to you by the JetRails team. This is Robert Rand, uh, your host for the day. And I'm here with a couple of great guests that are going to be talking with us about how you can compete with Amazon, more specifically around delivery data. Uh, on a recent episode, we got to talk a little bit um, about how you can compete on the checkout experience. And, uh, you know, there's a lot that goes into getting the customer to that point. And so with no further ado, I'd love to introduce today's guests, uh, Akhilesh? Yeah, hi. Um, good morning. Um, this is Akhilesh Srivastava. Thank you, Robert, for having me. And thank you, Rafael, who is uh, one of our champion partner in this endeavor uh, to join me here this morning. So um, the, when I am founder and CEO of Phoenix Commerce, uh, our vision at Phoenix is essentially to level the playing field for all e-commerce merchants, regardless of their size, with data and machine learning and AI. Uh, so they can actually profitably compete against Amazon. Uh, for starting uh, Phoenix, I was a delivery uh, director and a GM for uh, shipping and returns team at eBay Marketplaces. I've been in e-commerce logistics in about for about 20 years of my life. What do you, Rafael? Yes, um, glad to be here with you. Uh, thanks for the welcome, Robert. And, uh, it's uh, great to be here with you as well, Akilesh. Um, my name is Raphael Neff with ChessHouse.com. And uh, with ChessHouse, uh, we're really providing people a premier experience around sourcing the world's greatest board game, chess. And we're able to deliver that anywhere in the world. Um, and it's really unique in that our team is dedicated to uh, just providing a fantastic level of support around that even years later. Uh, but we really do have and strive to have the premier experience around sourcing that game. So for families in their home or just individuals that want it on display for events and education, uh, for pretty much anywhere someone would display a chess set or play it, uh, for example, resorts and hotels, uh, we serve you uh, those individuals in sourcing that. And uh, we're here because, uh, well, we'll get to that soon, but I want to say that uh, it's been a really fun journey, and uh, just, I've been around this game since I was a kid. In fact, in the U.S. Open in, in 1992, um, competing in Michigan and all through these years. And there's an interesting partnership with my brother, which I'll touch on later. So uh, glad to be here with you, Robert, and uh, thanks for taking this time. Absolutely. And and a big thank you to, to both of you for being here with us today, and especially Raphael. You are the first merchant uh, that we brought in for really a merchant perspective. And so I, I think it's going to be really interesting uh, to our viewers and listeners today. And so, you know, with that, why don't we talk a little bit more about um, the, the history? So obviously you have a personal connection to the game of chess. And so that's brought you into the market a little bit different than some business owners and uh, and managers where it's, it's perhaps more of a, a commercial realization um in your case sounds like love of the game might, might have played a big role in uh in getting you involved so what has it turned into in terms of a, a business um you know what do you see your niche as and how have you grown through uh e-commerce through the years yes as you said it did start with a passion for the game but uh, i come from a family of, of young entrepreneurs and so um and with a fascination for business, but especially in, in just taking care of and a focus on customers. Um, so, you know, let's dive in a little bit, uh, you know, on, on an interesting point. Um, sure. So uh, you've been 
at this since uh, around 2005? Yes, the journey in e-commerce actually started in 1998, but in 2005 was a significant point um, in transition to a different platform. And uh, I think the platform is really, um, that helped us really gain and grow 30, 40% a year back then. Um, since that platform didn't stay with our plan, our growth and didn't continue to support, finally in 2017, we're able to make another switch. And that has really opened up um, what we can do in terms of focus on marketing. So exactly. it's been very much organic SEO supported growth with other very strategic marketing along the way. That's pretty impressive that you've gotten a pretty long run out, out of a couple of platforms. So uh, uh, certainly, you know, interesting that it's always tough for a merchant um, that it, it's almost like moving into a house. You really don't want to buy a house, have closing costs, moving costs, have to personalize it, get up, you know, drapes and uh, and all sorts of things for a home that you're only going to be in for a year or two. So you really have to get your value out of it. Um, but, but that is, uh, I, I'd say, pretty significant. And so you've been on your current platform since 2017. Um, and what types of challenges have you been seeing since, um, you know, once you settled in into your, your new uh, storefront, so to speak? Well, what I learned from that experience was, in hindsight, to really think optimization first and not so much focus on the platform. And so since migration, we've really been in a process of complete focus on the customer journey through tools like Hotjar and just tweaking and observing and tweaking. And of course, any company should be doing this on an ongoing basis. Um, but I think that when we transitioned, it was more of a focus on can we, can we accomplish this transition versus how can we go out of the gate with more of a conversion optimized experience? I think it's really important to look at what points of the experience are crucial for CRO before you even make that transition. Uh, as a result, it was pretty expensive to rein in this site and get it back to where I thought it would um, could have performed. So uh, it's been you know interesting um, bringing that. But now with over these two years, we've seen some significant increase having had a disciplined approach to CRO. So I, I bet that that, that, that uh, long game that you get to learn in chess really helps out when you think about conversion rate optimization. I mean, it, it, I'm sure there's even a twinge of frustration when you launch, or I should say relaunch a site. You, uh, in some areas, almost start over with collecting data and optimizing around it. But, you know, it's, it's like starting a fresh game with a fresh opponent. You still know the rules of the game. <laughs> you just have to yeah, learn the crazy. opponent a bit. Yes, yes. Uh, yeah. yeah. Platform changes aren't, aren't the most fun thing, but you've got to stay focused on the objective. And, and so you, know, you wound up leveraging Phoenix Commerce as part of the optimization uh, that, that you've been putting into place for the latest iteration of the site that launched in, in 2017. Can you tell me a little bit about how that came about? Yes, uh, through an introduction about a year ago, um, maybe over a year now, I met Akilesh. And, you know, there was kind of this automatic connection because I had, for a number of years, uh, being that we warehouse our own, most of our own products and we wrestle with the challenges of providing a delivery experience that's relevant, that um, 
isn't generic because with many different sizes of products and even locations um, and locations we're shipping to, uh, there's all these complexities that most of the apps I've seen out there or most of the offerings didn't offer. So when I first met with Akilesh, I found that he had quite an understanding of this, this um, field of shipping. And so the conversation went right from there and uh, yeah. Yeah. So in essence, um, you know, I, I'd say that, you know, from my perspective, shoppers are being almost uh, – their expectations are being set on sites like uh, like Amazon, of course, uh, the behemoth, um, you know, 600-pound uh, gorilla in, in every e-commerce room these days, uh, where shoppers know if they order right now or, you know, within a certain amount of time that they can have a product in their hands – by a certain time and date. Um, Akilesh, this is something that, that you've been helping to uh, meet the challenges of uh, bringing that sort of technology to end users, uh, you know, that, that aren't necessarily, uh, you know, of that uh, billion dollar size. Um, what types of merchants have you been seeing adopt the, the technology and what is the the adoption like? Um, you know, what needs to happen in order to be able to display that kind of information to compete? Yeah, no, uh, thanks, Robert. It's a great question. Uh, so coming out of eBay, um, and, and in fact, a little bit of history behind it, right? Um, so even though I had spent a lot of time <clears throat> in e-commerce, fulfilling all six, primary, before eBay, it was all with uh, generally Fortune 500 companies, uh, legacy brick and mortar companies who were trying to compete in e-commerce by standing up their e-commerce businesses. So I had spent a lot of time there. And one thing I realized was most of the time the retailers were trying to kind of keep their supply chain more or less the same. And they were trying to cater to e-commerce as another channel for selling the merchandise without really focusing on optimizing the customer experience. And last 10 years or so since Prime came around, obviously, it was initially free shipping and then became free two-day shipping. And, and, and now, of course, it is free one-day shipping, right? So one thing which I got the opportunity to, and that was also one of the reasons why I joined eBay, right? That uh, I thought we can leverage all the data in the world with the machine learning and all the advanced, I mean, basically advancement in technologies and build a platform which can frankly enable anybody out there without having hundreds of warehouses all across the U.S. because there is just the goodness in the in the fact that if your merchandise is located at a certain point, at least to 20 or 30% of the users or shoppers, you can actually offer next day or two-day shipping without having to do anything, right? So again, it's a simple uh, function at the simplest level is determining on real-time basis where your inventory is located, where the customer is coming in from, and if you can optimize that experience and surface it up when people are actually looking at the product, and give them the right information, right? And similarly, it's not just about the dates, it's also about the cost, because again, generally, the cost, shipping cost, tends to be a function of how far the package has to travel, right? So we built some technology at eBay, which was essentially for everybody on the platform, and we built the technology to generally using machine learning algorithms to predict without really giving any control to the merchants, right? We were just looking at historical information. And while it worked for for a good part, and we saw how what it can do for the business. Uh, we also had some challenges, right? Where we had no control. The merchants had no control in their hand when things are going to go slow or fast for them to control these variables. Think about a dashboard, right? Where you can actually 
control that you want to go through at, at, at a medium to fast or slow level, depending upon how much traffic you are having to go through or push through the volume through your warehouses. So that's where uh, I decided to build this platform, right? Bringing in the data from inventory perspective from uh, carrier and everybody else, right? And, and obviously operation parameters uh, for the retailers. So, um, so basically uh, the challenge obviously initially was to find the merchants who believe that, yeah, there is actually this goodness which exists out there within their own data without them actually having to upgrade to two-day shipping to offer their customers two-day shipping and then having to believe that this can actually move the needle for them in terms of the conversion rate, right, without increasing their cost. So we were, I mean, I was lucky actually to, uh, in very early stage, uh, we, uh, somebody introduced Raphael and, and kudos to him actually for believing in Phoenix and um, taking a chance with us. So, uh, and, and I think we have used um, his expertise, his acumen in e-commerce to a great extent to continue to build out because Phoenix is a passion for us more than anything else for me because I believe that data is the leveler here, right? Uh, and the new technology where we can really change the game and while the platforms like Shopify and Magento, they have the ability you can open up a storefront in a day or two. From optimization standpoint, obviously if you think about yeah, Google gives you AdWords and SEO and all that, those type of things, but nobody is out there which is saying, you know, hey, here is the technology platform, let me help you optimize your complete experience on a site, provide the optimization, provide the personalization from shipping and delivery standpoint and also extending it to the returns. You know, and it's, it's interesting. So your platform, it's not static, it's dynamic in that it's looking at the actual warehouse data. There might be more than one warehouse location. It's looking at the, uh, at the delivery location. So, you know, what zip code is the customer in, um, in order to provide the right response and, and, you know, provide that user experience uh, you know, uh, that's certainly interesting in terms of, and it sounds like chess house, um, has a, a smaller warehousing footprint, um, compared to some merchants. Uh, Akalish, have you seen your platform used on larger scale at this point? Yeah. So one of our largest customers at this point, they actually ship from 1300 stores and two distribution centers in the U S so before using Phoenix, this is a very typical experience you would see when you move away from Amazon, right? You would go to a retailer site, they'll say, hey, you will get the product with cheapest shipping in five to seven business days. Now, obviously, with these guys, we analyze the data and said, you are, all, you are actually with, with your kind of footprint, footprint with 1,300 stores plus two DCs. Uh, you, there is so much goodness here that we can see a big, big, improvement in conversion here, right? And also <clears throat> provide the experience which your customers are expecting. So with these guys, when they brought on their inventory on the platform and also basically connected with the carriers and everything, suddenly instead of the seven to nine days of delivery window, now pretty much 80% of the customers, they are seeing two to three days deliveries because of the fact their, their distribution network is so vast and they need a platform like Phoenix, right? You can't really do it with something which works just on a single location because the challenge is to be able to crunch this data to make the protection based on the optimization and the rules which generally are pretty complicated yeah. right that where the product should be shipped from based on the customer location where it's located in the network and so on and so forth so yeah we are that's our largest customer at this point 
we are continuing to uh, onboard more and more complicated scenarios and complex customers from this standpoint. And so you might be picking up some of that uh, inventory data uh, coming over from an ERP, from a warehouse management system, from some kind of an order management system. Um, that you're, it sounds like you're pretty agnostic to where that data is originating, um, that you're just going to, in essence, uh, you know, pull it into your system and leverage it accordingly. Um, so it, it sounds like, uh, you know, like you're a pretty universal tool across uh, platforms. That is absolutely correct. So our platform is completely technology agnostic in the sense, where do we get the data from? Uh, when some of the retailers, they can give us the files, inventory files every 30 minutes. And, and as you rightly said, it could be from ERP to WMS to OMS to Phoenix. And some of the retailers, they have already the data uh, where they have enabled things like uh, inventory visibility as a feature is available on their site. So while they have the feature, they don't necessarily have the ability to do the optimization pre-purchase. And that's where... We tap into all the existing goodness which a retailer already has and start to surface this experience. Uh, <clears throat> and same thing on the front end side, right? I mean, we have merchants who are using Magento, uh, Shopify, uh, WebSphere Commerce, Hybris. So it's kind of all over the place. We are very technology agnostic as a single layer platform uh, from that perspective. And, you know, I think that's a, a, a great point. And so, Raphael, um, proof's in the pudding. Can you tell uh, tell us a little bit about what the experience was onboarding through Phoenix and uh, what the results have been like? Yeah, I think it reflected very much what Akilesh just pointed out. It's it's highly tailored and it's the process of, of um, connecting those data points. Um, we had um, some back and forth on that and we reconnected the systems we had. Um, that was in the early phase. I know now it's a lot more streamlined and um, I'd say the, the biggest impact that we saw pretty soon after was the reduction in questions that people were asking around uh, when will this arrive? Because we didn't have anything that was date specific. And we find a lot of, of our customers have an event in mind or a birthday. Um, this would apply to a lot of retailers. And, it, you know, people um, like some clarity around that arrival date. So the pre-sales questions plummeted and um, the confidence um, obviously increased. So, um, and then we also noticed in re post-order reviews and ratings that people were saying, I mean, we already had a pretty strong um, delivery experience, but people were saying, you know, they delivered right on time or even earlier than promised. So we knew people were saying, we're, we're realizing that there was a promised delivery date, or rather I should say estimated delivery date, um, and that clarity has become the standard. And so for us as a smaller company to be able to start offering that was a big win, I felt. And currently, yeah. it, isn't that interesting that that's what a, a lot of customers focus on when they're when it comes time to leave a review that they're not as focused on sometimes the product itself or the packaging or so, but, you know, did they get it when they wanted it uh, or sooner? <laughs> uh, so it. Yeah, become a gold standard. That's right. I mean, we have to play with the bigger guys out there. And, you know, along with that, we wanted to be able to not spend a whole lot more than we wanted to make this cost efficient for us as well. Be able to make those promises, but also keep it uh, cost efficient. We had to be able to have that data backing it up. 
Yeah. And you know, you did mention something early on today that, you know, how you're customer focused. And so as opposed to being a one-stop shop for everything out there, I mean, I, I don't know if you've ever tried to offer other products related to checkers or backgammon or go or some other, uh, some other games or things, but it seems like you've really taken the high road of saying, look, we're going to be the experts in a particular field. We're going to um, be customer focused and customer centric, provide people with exactly the shopping experience that they're looking for. Um, and that's how we're going to continue to, uh, if not, if not dominate, um, you know, certainly to, to be the go-to player, um, to be understood, to be that, that really premier uh, offering within the space. Yes. I mean, we do test ancillary products all the time and there are a few other products, um, but our primary focus is definitely chess. And I think it's obvious. <laughs> yeah. uh, we have well, a passion for it. And uh, yeah, so. Yeah, it's, um, you know, it, it is interesting because you really can't, tr- while, let's say, an, an Amazon or eBay or Walmart or whatever it might be, may not always be the cheapest place to get things. Uh, in a recent episode, we got to talk a little bit about that, how, you know, sometimes you make the assumption that it'll be, but it, it won't. Um, but at the same time, it's almost, you know, muscle memory for people that that's where they might do, you know, conduct a product search first. Uh, but when they go directly um, with a merchant that can provide them better service, uh, it, it is a world of difference. Um, and, you know, so obviously you're using Phoenix. Could you talk a little bit about some of the other technologies that you're using under the hood, some of the other systems that you've added on that you've found have helped your conversion rate optimization, uh, you know, helped you to stand out from the crowd and, and to win business? Yes. Um, I would say any e-commerce um, experience is, is really many technologies working together. But some of the ones that stand out are um, Clavio and um, we've used MailChimp and other providers for a while, but um, Clavio or Clavio, whatever you wish, um, is a real winner, I feel. And I'm not afraid to, to say that right out there. I think they really have a depth of e-commerce um, connection. So that's been uh, really key to our success and control over email. And then other tools like um, review, general collection, and, and uh, display tools like Shopper Approve. I think I have a relationship with them going on 10 years. And uh, judge me for product reviews. By the way, Shopper Approved is, is company ratings. Um, it's been a real great system to judge me. And, um, you know, CRM, there's so many different systems out there. And I've, I've um, looked at all the pros and cons. And currently, we're using Reamaze. Um, we're having great success because of the holistic nature of these. They, they talk to each other to a degree that enables our team to be way more effective. Um, so you can imagine over the years in e-commerce, we've looked at different systems. And, um, you know, today we're, we're actually quite efficient with the present setup. And so there's a lot of technology under the hood. Have you also found that certain industry relationships have been moving the needle for you? Uh, I'm a partnerships and alliances guy at heart. So, uh, you know, have you found that uh, relationships with other organizations uh, have been impactful for you as well? Yes. I think that those relationships primarily center around education. Um, So we're very well um, connected in the education 
uh, circles throughout the country and also some international uh, uh, connections there. Interestingly, my brother Elliot founded Chess for Life in 2005 with a passion for bringing chess to youth and uh, reaching kids with uh, life skills. And that has been his vision through the years. It's become um, quite a successful program that's going into school districts throughout the country. We've had, from a merchandising standpoint and from a education standpoint, quite a synergy of support there. But it goes beyond Chess for Life. Um, having these relationships in key school districts throughout the country and then uh, other industries too. So, yeah. And, uh, you know, Akalesh, obviously you've got the platform um, with Phoenix up and live. Uh, you know, it sounds like you're doing great things for merchants like Chess House. What's next on the horizon? What, uh, what are recent um, additions or you know, what's coming up in the roadmap? So for, so for us, uh, frankly, uh, it, it is always about uh, end customers, right? And that's where we're trying to reinvent, I would say, to a great extent, how the fulfillment and, uh, and delivery is working from these retailers from merchant standpoint, giving them the right tools and the visibility. So immediate thing which we are focusing on is providing a 360-degree view of uh, their fulfillment or delivery lifecycle from their customer vantage point, right? Like, for example, what date was promised to the customer when they were on the product page, when they checked out versus what actually happened after the fact, right? Did it meet the satisfaction or not? And, and then continuing to do the same thing. Um, so today, there is absolutely a lack of this kind of analytics in the market. When I can tell you, when I came from eBay, and, and I didn't have this to run even the business at eBay, right? Something like this, where I could see in a single place that, you know, this is what we promised, this is what happened actually, right? So it was always a lot of um, muscle to put through to get something like that. So we are building the analytical capabilities around it which you want to offer to, to merchants. So that way they have a cockpit view of what's going on with their fulfillment and delivery with, from that standpoint. How happy are their customers? And then similarly on the pricing standpoint, right? That Are you really leveraging the inventory the way it should be leveraged? How can you further optimize the ship cost as you are catering to two-day or three-day or even one-day actually delivery from end customer standpoint, right? So that's another area where we are heavily focused on. Uh, driving the uh, basically profitability of order from shipping perspective, that's the third key component which we are focused on. So I would say this a lot of these things they do require, for example, to drive the actual profitability and actual uh, reducing the actual shipping costs. One of the key things we are looking at is partnering with 3PLs across US to even um, help other uh, merchants saying that you know, right now you are shipping from these two different locations. If you add one more hub, um, somewhere let's say in west coast if you have to sort of in midwest or east coast then how it would reduce your rural ship cost and how it would actually change the composition right uh, from three two-day promises to everybody and what will be the total factor bottom line so doing all these things with a very flexible sophisticated platform at their hands and actually instead of them having to do it give the recommendation think about kind of it asking siri live thing right or alexa type of thing that hey uh, am i how am i doing from a fulfillment perspective and things of that nature. That's where we are going from from the platform standpoint. So really looking at, at it as m not just a product but a service. So saying similar to, to how we do with Jet Rails, you know, yeah, you know, here's some optimized hosting, but based upon your particular site structure and, and needs, that here's some additional things that, that could be done for speed optimization or to you know to improve your bottom line. So I really 
I appreciate that, not just having a tool, but really being able to come in. And I, I might have a few good 3PLs for you. So that's, <laughs> that's probably something we should follow up on. Um, and, uh, you know, it sounds like you're, as you were hitting on earlier, you're pretty agnostic when it comes to platform. Although I, I was excited to see that you recently launched a Magento extension. Um, and, uh, you know, I'm sure that that was, uh, you know, an, an interesting experience going through uh, approval to be in the, the Magento marketplace. Was that pretty quick and painless or did that take a while for you? No, actually for us, it was relatively painless. Uh, so we picked uh, one of the latest uh, Mag- uh, edition of Magento Community Edition and, and it, we went through the process. It, it wasn't painful at all for us. Um, when, and then funny enough, actually after that, so we released the uh, plugin for version 2.x or 2.1 or something like that actually on Community Edition. And um, right after that, I met with a very large uh, enterprise retailer kind of try to think about um, they again ship from 700 odd stores in US and two warehouses and they are actually on Magento platform and they are uh, they are very intrigued and eager to leverage our platform so now all the work which we had done to build a uh, build a plugin now that technology is going to be used actually of course they are on a different version of Magento but kind of continuing to uh, reach out and across because even Magento is, as you would know, Robert, right? It might seem that, yeah, it's Magento 1.x versus 2.x. They are actually almost two different separate complete technology platform altogether, right? Absolutely. All probably will share is the name Magento. So, uh, so yeah, I mean, and, and even there, I mean, uh, some of the merchants, we know that they are going through the journey of upgrading to Magento 2.x since uh, version 1 is coming to the uh, end of their life. So again, those are the kind of things we are working uh, with the merchants on Magento side. But for us, as I said, it's kind of pretty uh, technology agnostic as to how we integrate with these merchants. Excellent. And, you know, gentlemen, this has been a, a lot of fun. Are there any parting thoughts on what you see on the horizon whether from competition or how the market's evolving or where you see yourself investing time. Um, any other words of wisdom for our audience? I think that the biggest takeaway or the biggest focus point for us is alluding, uh, Oculus alluded to how easy it is to get into an e-commerce market. I mean, how quickly. It's not easy. You can get in quickly. <laughs> the clutter or dilution by other sellers and uh, Amazon has been I would say one of our biggest threats. And so we're really on a mission to help differentiate the value and the guarantees and so on. So that's that wasn't something as important six, seven years ago, but now it's critical. And so we're on a mission to just produce great and better content and really a customer, I mean, to really serve those customers. So I think that's what I would say. And um, as far as working with Oculus, it's been amazing to see the, um, how he's worked with smaller companies and very large companies simultaneously to create this experience. Um, so, Yeah, no, absolutely. I, I would just add to this, um, Robert, I would say um, re- merchants of uh, any size, right? Size should not matter. If you are focused about providing a great experience to your customers, that's our focus here, right? That how do we really lower the technology platform bar? You don't have to be a delivery shipping technology expert to offer these kind of things. It's like when you want to do marketing, you know that you have a Google AdWords type of tool where you can just go and just rely on that, right? So uh, similarly, I would say this unfortunately has been an afterthought even for the largest of the retailers up until now. 
Um, then some of them, they are actually trying to solve it with brute force, which is, in my opinion, the wrong way to solve it. There is, uh, we, are, we are living in an age where there is abundance of data and there is abundance of, I mean, the technology is, uh, is kind of out there for us to use and leverage and make the right decisions. So I encourage everybody that put it, I mean, don't, don't be hesitant to take the first step with these types of technology platform. I, in fact, uh, and I always welcome, if there is more competition, it means that there is, there is more awareness. Those people out there, as they are talking to their own circles, they will be raising the awareness. And then that's fine, right? Technology is not bad. I think it challenges us. I mean, competition is not bad. It challenges us to keep raising the bar, which ultimately helps our customers. That's how I think about it, right? So uh, it's it's good, but I would say anybody, regardless of their size, they should not be hesitant. They should not think that, you know, today is not for us. It's too expensive. I, I can challenge you, guarantee you that no matter the size of the retailer, 20 to 30% of their customers, right from day one, we plug into their environment their customers will end up seeing two to three day delivery windows, regardless of how they operate, which can guarantee it bring in uh, real good benefits, both for top line and bottom line. Well, and that's always what it comes down to for me is that it's about ROI. Um, so, you know, I, the agile scrum master and me, you know, likes to look for the value in things and to prioritize it. And so for conversion rate optimization, that's a big part of the challenge is that there's so many things that you can do. So breaking down some of those options and seeing if there is an easier way to really make those customers understand uh, or, or help them to understand how quickly they can get the product so that you're, you have parity uh, with the other places that they might uh, think to shop from. That really takes the, uh, you know, some of the, the friction out of that experience. Um, and I would think that it, it's going to continue to have positive outcomes for your customers. So I look forward to seeing more and more data. Um, and hopefully, uh, you know, we'll get to invite you back for some future panels. And Raphael, I'd say the same has been an absolute pleasure. So uh, by all means, if you run into uh, interesting e-commerce uh, factoids and experience, uh, you know, uh, always, uh, you know, happy to have you. And, and thank you very much, gentlemen, for participating today. Uh, and we look forward to bringing more great content like this through the JetRails podcast. You got a conversation today. Thank you. Yeah, thank you so much, Robert.